Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am back for another one. This is a quite an interesting podcast, a little bit different. This was a podcast that I was actually a guest on, um, and I pretty much stole the audio. Um, but we do dive into different parts of my comp prep, different parts of my philosophy um, for lifestyle, generalized comp prep, kind of a little breakdown on who I am because it's changed since starting this podcast three years ago or something like that. So this was from the Wolves in NFT Street podcast. So we do dive a little bit into the cryptoverse and metaverse and into the future of what fitness looks like um, into that alongside my whole journey. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Give it a listen. Um, if there are any topics that you would like me to dive into or anything like that, hit me up. Um, Jake underscore Abel underscore official on Instagram. Shoot me a DM um, with any topics or guests that you want me to have on. I've got a few big guests lined up. We're going to keep that huge guest list I've already had continuing um, and get the movers and shakers of the fitness industry, um, especially in Australia, to keep coming on. So let's absolutely get it. Let's bring you to this podcast. Yes. Yo, there yo, yo, is. let's go. Yo, let's go, my bro. How are you? I am keen. We are running off nothing over the last couple of months but caffeine and bangers. And <laughs> we are back, finishing off my last comp last weekend. So I've got my brain power now fully back. Um, so it's, this, this has been perfect to, to link this up. <laughs> awesome, bro. Awesome. Well, let's get into it, bro. Welcome, everybody, to the Wolves in NFT Street Wolf Wellness Thursday with our special guest, Jay Cable, two-time world, two-time pro, Australian ninja, nutrition store owner, entrepreneur. How are you, brother? Welcome. Come through. And let's chat. Let's dive deep into your let's journey. Awesome. Awesome. Man, there's a wall behind you. We'll talk about those walls and what those are. If anyone's noticing or seeing what's behind them, those are some certificates of appreciation, but also certificates of um, glory. So, you know, champion stuff. So, bro, man, it's been a minute. Last time we caught up with each other was, I think, what we were saying in the GC. You had a world champ comp just then. Um, we've always yeah. touched base with most comp states um, and anything regional and international. So, Oh, man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you live. I'm so excited to have you here and offer the value to our community, but also teach and show people what it takes to be a champion. Go deep on that. What type of mentality, what type of grind, what type of commitment and consistency it takes. Also, what's it like to be a world champion as well as an entrepreneur? How you juggle your time, what that looks and feels like. And as a coach, you know, what type of tricks, tips that we can take away, share with our viewers and our community about what it takes to get there and the grind it takes behind it. So, my bro, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's talk about fitness in general. How did you get into fitness? When did you get into fitness? And why did you get into fitness? Yeah, so starting off, I've kind of had an unfair advantage, I think, to everyone else. So my dad was a bodybuilder in the 90s. Mum did fitness modeling um, through that time in the aerobics era. Um, so for me, I've got me doing a front double bicep pose at the age of two. 
Um, so I was pretty much posing at the same age as walking, uh, watching my dad. I think his first show was in 93, the same year I was born. So he ended up wow. taking out a few natural state titles um, from that, from always being natural, super strong on the natural side of things. So my whole like surface into it is being gym and uh, watching aerobic building contests. And this is very, very early 90s. So um, a lot's changed from that. And pretty much, I think I didn't really fall into fitness. Fitness just followed me around. And from that point of uh, going through there, watching that, I think my kind of destiny was kind of paved. And in that way, it's, I've still kind of found it on myself growing, growing up. Um, I was always that small kid, super skinny, super athletic, um, but always super skinny. So ended up getting and falling into love with weight training. I think dad took me in at about the age of 12, 13, um, just to start off on some circuits. And it was more like he's so strict on making sure that all the form's right and everything is correct. Um, and then from that point, I think, um, yeah, it started, he was always like hounding me, I know, growing up and when I started getting in the industry and I kind of wasn't the greatest at school and um, my mum's principal and teacher, so she kind of got to the point where I was like really social at school, but that was about it. Um, and I remember getting my inter score, um, which appears like for your end of year 12 and mum bursting into tears when she saw the number and she's like, what the hell are you going to do? So... I think her her luckily guidance was like, well, you better you're not having a gap year anymore. You better go do your PT course, and I gr- like kind of grinded through that, not really thinking that it was going to be anything for me. Um, and then like my lo- like I was really big into skateboarding, and then from there I think um, once skateboarding started to drop off because my wrists were getting too injured when I was lifting dumbbells, and my love yep. of, like actual training just blew yep. up from there, and. I remember watching like early, tw- like starting my Instagram to converting my skateboarding Instagram into a uh, fitness Instagram, like early 2010. So super, super early on Instagram, building a platform from that. And then from there, I think um, it's all kind of one thing gone into another. And I went to my first ever fitness expo in Melbourne, which was FitX. Um and this was before Arnold's, before any of these. And I just, as soon as I walked into those doors, everything was just like lining up for me. Just like, all right, we see exactly where we are. We're getting into the hype of this industry. We are uh, doing these type of things. I was just going and meeting. I was probably about 17, 18 at the time and just eating up by these old school, like Colin Wayne and um, these Shred Z guys, like all these new kids haven't even heard of before. Mark <laughs> Um, it's funny, uh, it's Greg Plitt, all these Greg Plitt, the legend. There. Yeah, it's funny. Now I say, I ask these kids that are all in this TikTok generation of who's, and they're asking who's Greg Plitt, and I'm like, my lord, um, I have never, I now feel old. Um, so <laughs> that that industry, um, I think within the first, like after that, I was super relentless. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I want to go into the fitness modeling side of things. I pretty much sat on my computer and emailed every single brand from that point being like, bro, get me on as an athlete, do this. And they're like, well, you're about 17 years old, skinny as a rake. Why? Like, what are you going to do for us? And I didn't really think about that. So spent the next little bit like, okay, maybe I'll get in a competition and 
building on that, building on my physique, following a lot. Like I was lucky that I was so early on Instagram. I could just DM someone like Mark Fit and they reply. Um, wow. So I was having these mentors of Colin Wayne, Mark Fit, all these guys that were so early in the industry um, and being able to make really strong, really good connections the whole way through and um, getting advice from people like that, entering into bodybuilding contests. Um, I think my, my one of my biggest successes from that point was just asking everyone and being, again, like, it's funny, I've never had a coach or anything throughout my whole thing because I just messaged all of the pros at the time and they legit actually coached me for free because coaching wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> wow, this is so, so early. Early, early. Like, this is probably about 2014 um, around that time. And then from there, I... Uh, got on stage, didn't place in physique, placed fourth in men's fit, fitness. And, and like, I've got a YouTube video from that point being like, yeah, this is far from over. And then since then now, fast forward, I've competed in, I've just last weekend was my 19th show um, over a eight year period now. And um, in that time, it's I've kind of over those shows. I don't think I've placed second since fuck me, like 2016 now. Once I won Yo. the Australian title, I've kind of never gone backwards. And it's just a part of, I think, work ethic and pushing it in and just being where you're meant to be. Man, let's... You, okay, you, you talked about a lot and there's a bit of a time collapse there. So let's unpack a little bit of that. Let's back that mm -hmm. up. You know, this is it, right? A lot of people, when they first got into the fitness industry, were working out. But it was also um, how to become a sponsored athlete. I know for me at the time... All I wanted to do was become a sponsored athlete. I wanted to represent a brand and I wanted to be at an expo as one of those influencers that obviously you saw, you met with, you came vibed with, but also learned from. Um, I've never been, you know, huge on social media. I came late. But for you, you know, for you to be so early ahead of the game, to be able to tap into obviously these role models who we look up to who are now, you know, thousands to millions of followers. I think it's an amazing thing that you got help direct from the top. But also, what about you, man? Like, you know, was that something you wanted to do, become a sponsored athlete? You know, was the fitness and the competition a platform for you to boost your resume, to be accepted by a brand, to want to be a sponsored athlete? Did that help you? And was that a part of the goal? Yeah, so... I think before any of it, I actually wanted to be an athlete. That's the reason I competed. So when I reached out to a lot of these comp companies, there wasn't like social media wasn't huge. So they're like, how have you gone on stage? And I'm like, oh, well, I haven't been on stage. And they're like, well, go do that and then come back. And mm. um, because they, they didn't have anything to go off. Like I had 10, like 5, 10K. It was mostly skateboard following. Um, I think it was 5K when I first started and, like reaching out to these guys and they were always asking like, what was your competition? Like, where's all of these results? So I was like, well, I guess I've got to go compete. And I remember watching the first show just being like, Oh, don't know if I'm really into this. Um, and then I went down, did the prep, did it, got on stage. And I just remember walking off that day and I was like, this is me. Like, hell yes. Um, I competed in my first show early on. Um, and I had actually three, three contracts after that show. Um, sitting on my table through Optimum, Cellucor and Bulk Nutrients. Um, so I ended up signing with Cellucor and I was with them for seven years. So we did the expos. I went to Vegas. I went to LA. We did Sydney, uh, Melbourne Arnold. So um, big, big, big time. I've, I've watched them grow through their industry, learned a lot about the supplement side of things. 
Um, and they really kind of, I, I think again, early on, like I saw this where Instagram's going, where all this stuff's going, that I was kind of the first person to be at the first ever Arnold's call with Cellucor. And I went straight to this to print, printed out 2,500 business cards with my social media <laughs> handle. Everyone wow. that got a C4 sample, which was out, like we're throwing them out like nothing got my business card with it and it was just dude and I was gaining followers like that um I remember there was one key point I think I was around my third expo or something and I was getting tanned with Jeff's side um did a photo with that tagged Jeff and he shared it reshared it and it blew and from that point um training with guys from the Janoskians uh Jeff um Rob Lipset all these kind of guys which I think you can't, it's funny when you do the expo circuit for a few years, you get to see the same type of faces and me being with my personality. And this is where school got me good for being social that I'll just pretty much go up and just be like, Hey dude, like, um, you meet a lot of like the, and especially with me, with Cellucor at the time working with Calvon Moga. So it was just like hanging out with him and him knowing other people, meeting, meeting people through people. And then you get to go and be like, Oh, I've seen you at, three expos this year and um it's kind of you rub shoulders with your best and you kind of like <laughs> almost fit in with them at one point you're like wait what's going on i'm sitting here with steve cook uh bloody um i remember it was funny steve I was cook. competing once and i was i was competing on the same day that i was at the expo so i was at the expo all day doing and then did an arnold model search and i'm eating 75 grams of chicken with 100 grams of rice next to it across from phil heath kai green and Flex Lewis. And I remember like Phil Heath looking at me and I was like kind of just chatting like like a young like fitness, just loving this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm competing today. And he like looks at me and looks at my 75 grams of chicken and he's got like four prep meals and he's just punching them down. And he's like, yeah, good. And I was like, any advice? He's like, just smile. I was like, oh God. <laughs> bro, <laughs> bro, what a trip. What a trip. Well, I just want to, I just want to put into context a couple of things that you talked about. One, can you just cover what the difference is between physique and fitness yeah. model? Yeah, so um, you've got a few different categories. So with uh, natural uh, bodybuilding, especially ICN, these days, AMB, and the And ICN, just all... for our viewers, that's a federation, right? That you can rep, yeah. that you can so be a part of. Yeah, natural federations. It pretty much runs down as you've got men's fitness model, which is that cover look which no one even knows what a cover is because there's no more fitness magazines, but it's the <laughs> fitness cover look of that not as big and bulky as a lot of the big bodybuilders. Um, yep. And then working up, you've got men's physique, um, classic, classic physique and bod bodybuilding. So it's kind of the whole goal in any like men's fitness type of thing. The start, start at the men's fitness if you are younger and go up to physique, go up to classic, go up to bodybuilding kind of depending on your frame and structure i think is the main thing and so just to unpack that a little more there's criteria around every uh category that you enter where proportion and all these type of things um there's like a description of guide of what the look should be and and what uh category your particular framework would fit is that is that true yeah correct 
Yeah, Amazing. Totally. Now, and, and let's go back into, you know, obviously you're at the beginning of social media marketing, you know, obviously mm. marketing existed, but social media marketing was right there. At the, it was the dawn of what you're talking about. I feel the early, yeah. early stages of what, what social media marketing looked like. What is social media marketing and what did you do with it to blow up your resume, but also your presence to obviously gain recognition to be able to network, but also use that to bridge it to a sponsorship? Yeah, so I think this, so, like, this was very early days where even the brands didn't know what they had. I think of their traditional marketing of TV and newspapers and all of those types of things were pretty much what they were doing, especially supplement companies that were on the come up, like Cellucor, like um, Muscle Tech and all these different um, brands that are... And if you, if, like, what, what's, a, what's something that Cellucor make? What's some, what's some products that Cellucor make? So they do a, so, they do a very popular pre-workout if you can mention yeah. that so and any other C4, C4. It's funny. People are like, I don't know what Cellucor is. And you're like, have you had C4? Yep. I've had this conversation a billion times. Um, <laughs> so it's C4 is their main seller. C4 cans. Um, I helped come up with the idea of, um, and that's so the RTDs. Now, yeah. Those RTDs carbonated. Um, I was like screaming for them because I'm a monster addict and I was like, we yes, need to are. carbonate RTDs. Now they are make more money off those RTDs than any product full stop. Um, wow. So it was, I think like everyone was in the same position at that time that the kind of social media was coming up. People were trying to grab holds, work out how this marketing um, came around. And then it was just kind of this switch that all the brands were just like all in on this marketing. And I like even remember the money and stuff that I was paid for social media marketing back then. What, now they've kind what of type of what type of out. dollars, bro? If you don't mind mentioning what that looked like back then, you know, and then yeah. obviously with the time frame, it's far more with inflation. But yeah, what did that sound like? Look like? Yeah, so you would be getting contracts like so to put on the big guys, so the Steve Cooks and things were like that. I know for a fact. Um, so like a Calvin Moger on a Soya Core team was six figures. Um, so you're looking at some serious money um, just to be a, a part of a team, a part of an athlete. Um, plus then he'd come and sell shirts at the same time. And I've w w watched him walk out with a suitcase full of cash. Um, wow. so there was money. I remember originally to, like having this conversation with Mark, he, he developed the nutrition. Um, he has a hu huge following for the time, mostly through Facebook pages before Instagram was actually around. Um, and he ended up selling this nutrition tool. And this was the, where I like the flick switched in my, uh, the, flick switched in my head for that this was uh definitely a business type of thing and it's never been like a business thing for me it's mm. always just been like cool like people i'm inspiring other people to do what they do but mark fit created this uh nutrition tool before my fitness pal pretty much broke down your macros super simple just an excel sheet and i think he sold it for like 45 dollars. and in the first night he sold like three thousand of them overnight and he just wow. woke up and he was like refreshing his bank account, just being like, uh, is this broken? Because I just made all this money, more money than he's living at home in his like garage, more money overnight than he had ever. And I remember like even going on that, just being like, okay, this is going to like, this is going to be big. So for me, it's just been slowly like putting that as my brand, like slowly building up the brand. I want to be the best person I can be, help and influence people down to do things that I have done and build along that. I think if you can 
bring down and make that your passion and share that passion and have the good vibes and have the good energy and surround yourself around the good people. Um, the rest kind of sorts itself out. So it's never really been like a full money project for me and for cashing in and being an athlete type of thing. It's been more that I wanted to be at the expo to be behind those things, to be an athlete, to then share what I know and my experiences and all of those type of things. And like, I remember the, I've, I've got written on my computer that I wrote when I first started in the industry that I wanted to help with the Australia's obesity epidemic. Like it's slowly rising. Um, and that was my whole initial thing of coming in that it's just like for something for me growing up, growing up around it, it was so simple, such a simple equation. I can look at bodies and do things like that and just be like, Oh, how are people not getting this? They're not understanding that you can't eat pasta every day and things like that. <laughs> um, but for me, it was, I had a very good nutrition understanding from very early. So I guess it's just, yeah, coming into that and everything's kind of, even I look back now and having those years and that travel and all of those kind of things and all the other things, even people will look at my lifestyle now and be very jealous, but it's more that you're living this lifestyle because of your passion. Um, mm. It wasn't very early in the industry. No one was looking at money. Like there was no one with good contracts. Um, like, you look at the amount of money a lot of like Gymshark got off. A lot of those guys that started even in Gymshark ended up come, like coming to traveling for free. Um, they weren't on any money and they built that whole brand um, off the back. So I think now influencers are a lot wiser on how much you work, you can make and how much money you are. And now it's just like this current change of time. Now it's a TikTok mm. generation. Instagram's kind of dying out. And finally, the waves are moving towards TikTok which again, like it's this algorithm where I think I've got this knack for spotting things early where I was on TikTok. I remember getting a message from just as they swap from musically starting on TikTok very early, probably 2018. And now like my TikTok is people, I'll go into a gym and people be like, Oh, that's Jake from TikTok. And I'm like, all right, this has changed. And I'll watch TikTok go from everyone was taking the piss out of me when I was making TikTok content at the start. Until now I'm at half a million and getting create more endorsement and stuff from my TikTok than I am anything. So it's, um, wow. And that, and slowly watching like the big brands, Gymshark, all of that slowly start coming on TikTok. I was like, all right, double down. Let's put all our energy into this and you slowly, um, yeah, build on that. And again, it's just another platform to create content and get out to people. No, I love it. I love it. You're, so you touched on like basically monetizing your social media following, and how, how, how you would convert, you know, obviously your community into um, a network beast is what you're talking about, but also being an early adopter, being there first. And that's sort of what, you know, sets the bar. I love that, bro. We're going to come back to that when we come, come through some other topics. Yep. But what I want to circle back to is obviously your fitness journey. Um, so you're a competitor. Yep. You've been on the scene. You've been doing competitions. Um, you had like uh, an experience, your first time, all that type of thing. When did it switch for you? When did it really start to become a serious thing for you to do? When did you want to be a champion? And, and what does it take to be a champion? And when did you become a champion? Yeah, so pretty much, I think the major flick was I was juggling competing at the time with university, PTing, and um, working for like uh, doing CPR, teaching lifeguard courses and all of this type of stuff. So I was like, I've always been OTT of just like, squeeze as much as you can within your day. If you're not running forward, you're going backwards. So I was just working my full-time business job as a PT, slowly doing that. 
um, on the side competing. Um, so I was starving all the time. Um, university degree, doing education and also another job. So it's always doing like balancing all of those type of things all at once, trying to make it work. I think I got a little crazy after that first time I did get on competing and I was like, I had this weird thought that I'm like, I'm going to compete in every show. So I did 10 shows in 12 months. Wow. Um, and if anyone doesn't know, that's a massive feat for <laughs> anybody. I spent a year in peak week, like 100%. And I think where that kind of built me into the industry for competing wise is I got to try so because there wasn't a lot of coaches when I started. Like you had the odd coach, but it was weird. Like even people with online training and online coaching, it wasn't a, a big platform. People always ask, like, how, how does that even work? Um, so I ended up running different, pretty much methods, testing different carve ups, different ways of me getting prepared for a contest, doing different mm. things. And that pretty much build what I call my philosophy. So my philosophy <laughs> to fitness. I love it. Um, so from there is that's where I kind of like refined already what I knew growing up within mum and dad, within the, what you learn at PT school, which is nothing within what I've done with a handful of clients. And then I started testing things on myself, coaching people for free that were at my gym that were like kind of wanted to compete, um, had a little bit of success in that. And then I remember legit my first client after I got on, st got off one of the stage, he's like, Oh, I want you to coach me. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like I'll do that. Um, and he lived in Morwell, which was like five hours away. So I was like, yeah, cool. I'll coach you. I'll do all that. We'll do it online. I remember sitting home and just being like, how the hell am I going to do this? Coach online. Like this is not a, like no one was coaching online at the time. Mm. What so year was, was this like, bro? Oh, just cool. to put it like, into perspective for the early ones. 2015. Wow. Online so coaching. It was, yeah. It was just like online, online coaching. People were just mind. Like my parents were in the fitness industry and they're sitting down like what? Um, and it's funny. Like I, there was one point I had, probably 20 clients and my parents were still like, what the hell do you do? Like my parents were both owned in, in the fitness industry doing PTs, all things like that. And they're like, Jake sits at home on his computer. How, like, are you earning money? Like, what are you doing? Like, and it's funny, like compared to what it is now, I don't even have to try and sell online coaching. It just happens. Like people are like, yep, I know what to do. We've got apps. We've got all this stuff. So it was very like basic at the start. It was pretty much, I remember the day, as everything, like, I'm very lucky with, like, a lot of things timing-wise of things happening, that mm. Facebook just released Facebook groups. And then from there, you you could, like, put all these people in this one group. And I'm, like, trying to work out how to code to build an app. And this thing came out. And I'm, like, everyone's got Facebook. I'm just going to chuck them all into this Facebook group. And now I can start this coaching process from there. Um, and then from that point, I was competing. I think my first lot of online clients ended up winning all their shows um and this kind of just got this ball rolling and it was a slow roll and then it just started to go down this hill at a very fast pace um and then yeah so from that point there was that switch where i was making more money on my online coaching than i was um doing anything that i was like i remember sitting my mum's a principal very down the line straight edge um uni's the key education and i remember sitting there being like I'm earning double what a teacher would make right now. Why am I going to like go into teaching in a degree? And it's just like, I think they 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 come from that generation that fitness wasn't a job. Like fitness was a side hobby that you grind on the side and do for fun and maybe make a profit. Like 
Um, so it's just right at the start of this online coaching era of everything coming together. So from that point, um, started coaching. It started rolling downhill. My branding, obviously, within the industry, that was alongside being at expos and things like that, just started building this brand of, I think it's the hardest thing with anyone starting out and doing this is getting that ball rolling. Once the ball starts rolling, it's like I'm everywhere. I was on magazines, Iron Man. I was back when magazines were a thing. Um, I remember I featured in two magazines in the same month. You couldn't like, I was on uh, like doing early, early podcasting, early, early uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all, I was everywhere you could be and I was just content, content, content. Um, punching it out morning and night, some piece of content and it was just – back then on Instagram you put 10 hashtags and you'd gain like 30 followers like that. Um, so it was just doing that, networking within the industry. The industry was so small compared to – it's still small, I think. Um, and just being like a good person. That's, I think, the biggest thing mm. is like always putting yourself out there and having – I've always had that genuine kind of connection because it's it's the same with you and I and all like all these people in all different states. If you're got that, like people could read your passion. They can read if you're like true to what you are, or if you're just after it to be make bank and run away yep. and take everyone's money. Like you don't last long. And for me, yep. being in this online coaching for eight years now, I've seen people come and go and. Um, the people that stick around are the ones that are genuine and have had that kind of click something different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you touched on it, right? It's integrity where people have the integrity mm. to follow through words to actions. Um, that's what people want to see. That's what people want. And then it gravi gravitates, you know, it attracts the right type of people who are obviously looking at what you stand for, what the brand represents and you transmute that into a following and, and, and a following of people who are willing to support you, but also are generally interested, you know, they're passionate about fitness and how you can make that work for them. Let's go back into that. So online training, what type of services do you offer for online training? Yeah. So the online coaching type, type of deal is I pretty much, so with, I've got comp prep and lifestyle. I've kept it pretty basic the whole time. Um, so I've been staying within like, like I've, Pretty much a lot of people see me as a comp prep coach, um, mm. but I've just pretty much have 50% as lifestyle as well. So very similar goals to people that, it's funny, like lifestyle people all want the same thing. They all yep. just want to have that V taper, shoulders, chest, yep. shredded body look. Girls want that with an ass. Um, so it's, it's very, like they're very similar, like uh, comp prep versus lifestyle. Pretty much my main difference is the lifestyle. Um, Comp prep probably need a few more check-ins. We need to look at posing. We need to do all those extra things that you need to get onto stage. Um, mm. Pretty much the value is the same for both. Like I'll hit them up on voice call. I like, I'm a very like, again, using my strengths, like not a hugely academic typing type of person. Um, so I'm always into hacking stuff, time. So like dictation, pretty much anything typed is coming from voice, voice notes um, or voice to text or anything like that. So I like having that. I throw lives within my group um, and I've always been doing things like that. Um, so it's just trying to get as much connection with each individual person as you can instead of just being like, here's a one-off plan, good luck. Um, mm. Everyone's mm. different. That's the number one thing I think online coaches miss, miss is they're already focused on how much they're going to make and how much people they need and all this kind of stuff without 
in the end, everyone's different. I could put you on 3,000 calories. You're going to drop a kilo a week. Someone else is going to put on a kilo a week. Everyone's body is so different. The way I think where I've come over and what my experience is I look at it like a car. Um, you need different tool, tools for different parts of the car. Some things will work. Some things will, won't. Um, and you've got to make it, again, sustainable long-term. Um, mm, you can't yeah. just expect to be like me and be in a peak week for freaking a year and then survive on nothing. It's got to be, I think, like the more I've gone into this and I think the more success I've kind of got is having like almost opposite to the bodybuilding chicken and rice, chicken and greens type of deal. It's like having that flexibility where you're not going to binge out and you're going to stick like making things so sustainable that pretty much like, to be honest, I won the show last weekend and the difference between my off season on, on season was like 20 almonds, a hundred grams of oats and a protein bar. And that was it. Like, Mm. I eat very similar off season and on season, so there is no yep. room for for like different types of cravings and things like that. Um, because yep. I just eat clean, and it, that's because I'm in a sustainable method of eating. Um, that my reward systems are very different to kind of how I have to biohack. I think the biggest thing, as well, is my newfound like I think very early on, like I said, my whole thing was helping the obesity epidemic. I've completely yep. shifted from that now. And my whole thing now is like the more I've gone into this, the more I see coaching, what other coaches do and things like that is teaching people that to eat, to lose weight. I think that yeah. is, I think there's too much education out there. Everyone's got a platform that probably shouldn't and calorie deficit. Yes, it is important, but it's gone to a, like a next level crazy that I'm getting all these people come to me like legit on zero calories and wondering why they're not mm. losing weight. So I'm like a big, like on the big side of teaching especially like male and female to be honest like you have to eat to fuel your body if you're going to run a race car you've got to run it on high quality good good food um to get the best performance and go into a calorie deficit through good training and um utilizing time correctly like versus just pulling your calories into nothing yeah and uh, you, uh, you you said it right i really like the fact that between your off season and your on season there's not a massive difference which makes it much more sustainable i think that's where um you know a lot of people do go wrong is that they want so much flexibility that they forget what actually drives the results and sometimes it's the, just the same shit it's the same shit all day every day that you need to do but yeah. i think i think what you touched on it's mindset right it's mindset mm. so tell me how yeah. mindset plays a big big role in that yeah so like to be truly honest, it's we're in this world, like, and I can say this, I, I can be saying, oh, cool, it's hard to get people to, like, we've got to teach them to eat because calorie deficit. And then you've got the other freaking side of the story where people are trying to eat burgers and ice cream into a comp. And mm. so it's, it's a, this balance, like, you've got everything's a bell curve. I think it's within business, it's within fitness, it's in anything. Too much of a good thing's bad, not enough of a, like, good thing is bad. So you've got to be, find that nice little balance in the middle. Mindset pretty much the game if you're looking at um transforming not only in a comp but you're trying to lose weight you've got a huge goal on this yep. mindset is the battle yeah like full stop like all you gotta do is freaking eat a nutrition plan and train do what i say on that and it's like the rest is mindset it's the hurdles when the kids are home it's the hurdles when you feel like eating a burger it's the hurdles when you don't have any time work the bosses on your ass, all these yep. other things are happening and life gets in the way. Yep. How do you react on those bad days? That yep. is what makes the difference 
between you being successful. Anyone can train when it's easy. Anyone can train yeah. when you're feeling pumped and ready to go. It's yeah. on those bad days that is the difference between winners and losers and yeah. the people that stick to it are not. Um, and I think that's, in the end, I, I kind of call it mental welfare. When you're in comp prep, um, it's easy to do like nutrition, all of that, especially if you've got a coach, it makes it so easy. But the mental mm. welfare, the mental conditioning you need, um, especially if you're going to low levels for competition body fat, your body does not want to be there. So it's going to fight you in every direction you can to get out of that. It's going to trick you um, into, I, I can sit like for me, just being straight off it, like you guys are getting me right super fresh in coming off um, peak week last week. And yep. you, I can see how people struggle through peak week. I can see how people binge through peak week because I'm sitting yep. there, zero carbs, zero sodium, like four days out being like, is my next four days going to be like this? Cause I feel like I'm going to die. And it's yeah. like, it's like, I can't last four days. And then you like talk to people. They're like, four days is nothing. You've done this for 16 weeks. Like yep. four days is barely anything. But in that moment, it feels like eternity that you, you like, you can't just go on like that. And I think that is that those dark times and those times that everything is feeling. It's like, how are you going to respond? How are you going to get above this barrier that's in front of yep. you? Um, and build and overcome it. And then when you do overcome it, you get that huge endorphins. I go up, I wake up, I haven't had carbs in three days. I've got no sodium in my body. I'm smashing like eight liters of water and I just smashed 20, 20 minutes on level 20 on a Stairmaster with a 10 kilo plate. <laughs> and I walk off that and I'm like on the ground like, and then you just get this rush of endorphins of like, I freaking got this. Like I, like you just get these buzzes. And it's, I think for me, it's, always glass half full type of person. I'm always kind of on top of it and being like, in the end, it's, I've done this so many times. So like I can get to that point and just be like, cool, this is what I'm going to do. Let's overcome mm. it. This is just a shit, shit point um, and keep pushing through. But it's funny, like it's always there. This was my 19th show and I was nervous and I went through self-doubt. I went through all these different things just as normal as you would go through. I'm, two-time world champion and I'm going for a big state title show and I'm shitting bricks being like, what the hell? Like, I'm going to get smashed. I'm going to look fat up there. And I'm like, <laughs> it's just this, well, this whole thing that your brain will play yeah. tricks on you coming through the whole way. And you've been through it too. And um, yeah. this is where I think competitors and people get on stage, get along so well, because when I stand on that stage and it's not like I'm there and I'm like, I want to destroy everyone and smash it. It's like, Every single person on that stage deserves to be there because they've gone Absolutely. through all of these one else trials. Um, yep. Yeah, exactly. Like they went through all of that. They, you don't know people's journey. Everyone's looking at that tip of the iceberg of you looking freaking amazing on stage. And yep. they didn't see the sickening work ethic. They didn't see for me, the way yep. I get onto it is I'm so hard on myself that I, I tell myself, I'm like, you have no excuses to not beat your last package. You should always come on better. You have all the time in the world. You're a professional athlete. Um, and so you got to turn the fuck up and be better than yeah. last time. Um, and so for me, like I got to walk to the gates of hell and slightly walk on the, like I don't program what I do to any of my clients. Cause it's just freaking nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's just that that's a part of my mentality. That's a part of the people that I yeah. am. Um, if you can build champion, what I call champion mindset, and this is something that I break down and this is a part of where I've built a podcast series off it, trying to find what is that DNA that some people, I have some clients um, that have this 
freaking insane mindset, freaking insane drive. If I could bottle that up and put it in a tea and give it to every blank client that comes, what is that ingredients? Yeah, uh, and yeah. pretty much I've been on this search for three years and haven't found anything. I think <laughs> with it. Like, I nah, there's, there's definitely no, there's, there's, freaking there's, have it. there's definitely no Raro Cordial that you can just sip and have the instant gains. Cause if it was, well, that'll definitely be the number one seller in fitness. But you know, you touched on it, right? The yeah. mindset, how deep, how deep you go in terms of the mental warfare, but also um, there's struggles, right? It's not all glory. And that's what I want to talk about as well. It's like, you know, there's struggles during the prep. There's not um, what people don't see behind the scenes. So let's talk about behind the scenes. Let's go for a week or a day in the life of Jake Abel and Comp Prep. Let's see what that looks like. And can you tell our viewers, you know, from the beginning of when you wake up, what time that is to the end of the day to when you go to sleep and what you get done in that day? Yeah. So especially off the last prep, I think it's funny because I hadn't prepped for four years. Um, so I had a four-year off-season and then... Had <laughs> That's on. an off-season. Off-season and off-season. a half. <laughs> well, it was like lined well with COVID. So it was quite good to have that off season. Yeah. But in saying that off season's on season. So not much trained. Yeah. My training, I could count how many days off I've had on one hand. Um, I say I'm one of the extremists on this side of type of things. So yeah. coming into this prep, I think I learned a lot about more in how my body reacts while I'm on prep. Motivation, all time high. Yeah. Um, yep. that flows off into business that flows off into life. I think I was in a rut before I started the prep post COVID, all this kind of stuff, which the average person would be like, yeah, you're doing quite well. That's not enough for me. If I'm not running, I'm, I'm falling behind. So for me, it was like, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm building businesses. I'm doing this stuff. I'm just not like, I'm feeling like I'm wasting days. Weeks are going down. I'm getting close to my death date. So I'm not doing what I want to do. Um, jumping into this comp prep, I sleep less. I'm less on caffeine. I'm like, I think it's just that quality food. It's the hydration. It's all of these boxes that are getting ticked, short-term goal setting, um, self-satisfaction that I'm overcoming these 20 on 20 um, on the Stairmaster. And mm. to be honest, my production level just overdrives. I've built all of my businesses, all of that, usually during a comp prep. It's quite funny. Like um, it's just everything kind of overflows into it. Um, average day in the life. So let's go peak week last week, what my week looked like. I would get up natural. Like I set my alarm for seven 30. I wake up at seven, if not six naturally. So I'm like, oh, cool. Usually I'm like a log. I struggle to get out of bed. So I'm waking yeah. up naturally before my alarm clock up. No, I need to go do cardio, faster cardio, 20 on 20 with a 10 kilo plate. Go kill yourself on the Stairmaster. Come off, um, straighten to breakfast get out training session one, um, do like a bro split, something like a back day, um, come back home, eat bit of online work while I'm in the sauna, um, come out, eat training session two, come down, uh, a cardio session at night. It's pretty much four to five hours that I put, um, into my cop prep, um, at the time. This is high, 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 like, my clients don't do this. They usually spend about an hour training in the gym. For me, it's just I've kind of hit this point, I think, 19 shows in. I don't really care about any competition. I don't really care about where I'm standing on stage. I don't care about who I'm standing on stage with. My whole goal is to beat what I did last time. And yep. in 2018, I won the world titles and I walked to the gates of hell because I just kept getting leaner and leaner. 
And then I get to the start of this prep and I go, shit, I got to be that guy. Mm. God damn it. He fucking worked hard. So let's start that prep where I finished that prep. So I started my cardio like 16 weeks out, like I'm peak weeking. Um, So it was brutal. Uh, I'd also throw like, I added this prep just to like bring on more insaneness. I added uh, five rounds sprints, one minute sprints on the assault bike after every training session every day, just to feel the suck a bit more. Um, And I think it's just, that's again, just a part of where it comes from. Normally work-wise I can balance it and, work in between a lot of this kind of stuff. I don't have to be anywhere. I kind of drop into my sub store. I drop into all different places and um, online coach. So I can do it while in the sauna while I'm in between sets. I kind of message people. So I'm always accessible and stuff like that. Um, So again, I've got the lifestyle of having that ability to be able to put so much into comp prep where majority of my guys and even me, when I was balancing uni and doing all this kind of stuff, it's just making it work and making it, like putting the ball into your court, everyone's going to have, I've got people that work as nurses have overnight shifts, police officers that can't like control that. And they still get to stage. Um, it's all well and good for someone to turn around and be like, well, you've got all the time in the world and you're doing this. Um, in the end, it's, I've got no excuses to um, not, not come in my best again. It's just, I yeah. think we're in this generation post COVID um, of excuse making in a way. And, I think we're in a, the softest generation we've ever been in, um, <laughs> especially in, in the competing side. Like, and we see it in the physiques and things like that. So I think mm. I really grounded myself at the very start of this after watching season A and things like that. And really sat down to be like, okay, like I pretty much a part of me has competed purely to bring you back condition <laughs> mm, uh, mm, to mm. show that what's possible. Cause people are competing and it's just this short term. I want to compete in six weeks or I want to do Instant this. gratification. Yeah, they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And back yeah. when you and I competed in some of the toughest lineups in huge oh, lineups, bro. Bro, you, you'd have to be like my first, my first comp, I think there was like 50, 50 of us on stage, which I won. I won and I took that out, by the way, in the yeah. States. But, but there yeah. was like 50, they had nearly four lines. Like back yeah. then there wasn't like oh. um, this category gets the split into this. It was like everyone on stage. Everyone on. Four layers deep, like 10 people, yeah. 15 people per line. And you're literally like, how do I get seen? How am yeah. I going to stand out? What is it going to yeah. take for me to be relevant here in this category, in this yeah. competition? And then all of a sudden, they call your name and you're like, oh, wow. Like, you know, for me, as obviously as a competitor for the first time, like it was a crazy experience, but also like mind-blowing, mind-blowing, just the competition level at the time as well. Amazing physiques. Everyone yeah, had you- coaches. Everyone yeah. had coaches. They yeah. had teams behind them. Like me and you, we're, we're one of the rare breeds, I think, who have done it all on our own, who have taken care of our training, our, our nutrition, and who have competed individually as our own team. Because back then, they were a thing. I didn't even know when I came into the industry that you could have a team. Like, yeah, I didn't even know that funny. existed, bro. I didn't even know there were coaches. It's, it's just crazy. So, um, you know, and that's what you're talking about, right? The, the competitive team was just, the scene at the time was just so thick. Everyone wanted it and it was so popular because that's when IFBB and when mainstream of fitness was starting to be televised. And I think that's where I think it, everyone wanted to be a physique. Everyone wanted to do fitness. Everyone wanted to be a model. And that's, I think, where people just came straight to competing. 
Yeah, and I remember your. I remember seeing you on stage in your open class for the Australian title. So I think you were open class two or something like that. Twenty-eighteen. Yes. Twenty yes. something like that. So yes. Um, and they were the lineups like Ryan that year. That was insane, insane lineup. Yo, like, Ryan best, was the best. Ryan was on too. Physics. Everyone was on. Everyone, Everyone was, was on, on as well. Yeah, bro. And yeah. from that point, that they're what I would call the golden years so far, from what I've seen from that like at my time of what I've seen within the industry. And it's funny, like now I don't see that condition and I don't see like, I go, well, that guy's first. And then it's hard to pick all the rest of the um, categories. Like first stands out and then you're trying to struggle to pick second. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was my whole idea is bring back what is possible. What is to do that? Because even to be honest, and I think it's like, we're in this point post COVID. I don't know if it's people making excuses or things like that, but my yeah. Indian clients are shredded. Like, and I, I went to India in 2019 and yeah. I'm walking around what the fitness industry is in India right now. And yeah. it's legit. Like they, they have no excuse. Like we have no excuse after going through India and seeing the gyms that they're training at really nice anytime, but they're also training it like using bricks and things like that. And they're coming in um, with zero, like they, they making like, no excuses. There's no vegetables. In India. No excuses. No vegetables. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. bro. Yeah. And they're coming in shredded. So I think it's for us, we're, we're in this like whole world where we're obviously a lot of people were impacted. I think COVID was the number one excuse for anyone to um, obviously not have access to things like that. And that's a hundred percent valid excuse. But at some point people do have to pick their fingers out. They have to, um, get over this fact, things happen to us, things do this. And then it's, how are you going to adapt from that? How are you going to change from that? How are we going to grow? You can get bitter or you can get better. Um, and that's just, I think the number one thing and where a lot of people do, do adapt. And, um, I think it's key things of just setting your mind. Once your mind's right, your body's going to follow away. Um, yep. that's just starting day by day, week by week, month by month, start off. I'm going to eat clean, super clean this week within high calorie um, even if it's not low calories, you're just keeping on high calorie foods. Cool. Mm. That one week. All right. What's the next goal? And it's even looking me like people will look at my same way. You kind of brought me on that. It's like you're a semi-finalist ninja warrior. Uh, you've won multiple pro cards. You've done all this, done this, done this. And you look back and I'm like, Oh, I didn't set out for any of this. This was mm. just one at a time, one brick by brick. I built this wall. I didn't yeah. mean to build this brand. This happened. And then I was like, cool, what's next? Cool, what's next? And if I like look at my 17-year-old self that was trying to get in the fitness industry and look to where I'm at now and where yeah. I've got to, it's just like, free. I like set my goal down here and now I'm all the way, way yeah. beyond that, uh, way beyond my wildest dreams of thinking that I would be traveling the world doing all this kind of stuff. So I think it's like anyone that is listening and all this content, is getting started now in a super like it's funny the people say the same thing now that they said to me like fitness is an oversaturated market well, they didn't know what was coming <laughs> they did not know what was coming and it's the same thing everything i've ever done like competing in our time oversaturated you oh, competed against what four lineups of 20 and yeah. you still won you still yeah. got there because because you entered so if you're using the excuse of it's an oversaturated market to Stop your passion of being a PT, being a coach, doing these types of stuff, getting on stage. Everything you do in life is oversaturated. You're one of a billion people. But if you don't even put your hat in the ring or don't even enter or don't even try, 
well, you're not going to freaking make the long distance if your heart's not true. You're not in it for the right reasons and things mm. like that. Mm. Bro, well, we've covered a lot of topics. We've covered mindset. We've covered discipline. We've covered consistency. We've covered what it takes, the deep dive of behind the scenes in competitive mode. And obviously, you've touched on some accolades in terms of your achievements. Congratulations, world champ. Congratulations, Mr. Pro. Love seeing you win, my brother. But let's... Let's talk about a little bit in regards to like, who is Jake Abel outside of fitness? You know, what is it that you do that's a passion that's not fitness related? Um, and, and let's talk a little bit about you, bro. You know, the personal. Yeah. So I actually got this question for one of my ninja things. When I was in the ninja, it was funny. Like they sat there and I was at this like hectic part of my life where it was, everything was happening and expos and all of that kind of stuff. And they sat there and they were like, all right, you got to tell me about yourself. You're not allowed to use the word fitness, gym, or anything. And I was like, I was silent. No, like, I, I fluffed it big time. I was just sitting there. I was like, I like gardening, I suppose. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell? This is a, like, and that, that kind of shook me up to a point where it's like, holy hell, a lot of my life at that time was fitness. To be honest, it needed, to, I was nuts. Like, unhealthily into fitness mm. loved everything about it mm. but that was that was jake abel like jake abel was everything to do with fitness um these days i think now yeah uh, well jake hey, hey, hey quick call out it's jake abel fitness right yeah exactly <laughs> jake abel fit <laughs> so it's the name yeah everything i did did was that not it needed to be to get to where i am right now i think these days now is a, i'm a little less crazy that's why this prep was another proof like i wrote down all these kind of affirmations early that it's like prove that like everyone's kind of saying like like i'll go to coach people and be like oh people like you compete oh i thought you were mm. just a coach i was like motherfucker like i bloody won world titles and shit <laughs> so then it's like all right prove to yourself and proof mm. to that that like i am balancing so much more than just jake abel fitness now that it is yeah. i can still go up and compete and still be in the top quality bring in a better package every time I've yeah. way onto my hobby. And that's a lifestyle, right? You've made that a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Brother. Like for yeah. me, like to be truly honest, I probably spend more time in the ocean right now than I do in the gym. So like I kind of say it's like I'm into the fitness, but I'm also like I pretty much I have all my board meetings where I'm surfing. So my connection with the ocean, living in Torquay, um, building that now, building businesses through my sub company, um, so I opened up Grunt Nutrition. Um, we're looking at expanding big in the next 12 months and doing some other things, building another business on the go as well. With, that's pretty much every time I go into a comp prep, I build another business. So that will be released next year. Um, and looking at everything else on top of that is, I think, again, like now I, I have a like girlfriend and all of this kind of stuff. I've got the house and um, so I've got to like work on the house and apparently you have to do all your mowing every freaking, it's all, all these things that you have come with building a house. Um, so there's all these different other hobbies, I think as well, that, um, it's not, if fitness goes tomorrow, it's not going to destroy me like it would in 2023, I think, uh, when I was 23, sorry, that you need to, and this is the biggest thing I try and teach to even my clients is like, you can get a little bit too crazy if your life is fitness, it should be a hobby. Like in the end, competing is a hobby. It takes up a hell of a lot of your life. So it easily can take over a lot. 
but you don't want to be the guy that's at a wedding like I used to be and prepping my meals and um, you got to enjoy life. Like for me, it's travel. For me, it's surfing. Um, mm. I pretty much started this comp prep right yeah. after a trip to Bali and now I'm like 10 days of going um, to America and surfing with Mick Fanning in LA again. So it's like, I think in a way it's, I'm, I'm balancing all this now lifestyle alongside with my career alongside with my hobby and to be honest like i've made this my hobby my career this is what i just started it for like i remember i was like remember lifeguarding just being like imagine being paid to train like that's just like mind-blowing thing back then and now it's like way beyond that um yeah i think that's pretty much where i'm at now and where i'm going at in the future of how i'm gonna leave a legacy from this point like people asking me if i freaking compete anymore um, yep. it's like, what can I have that's physical? That's not just this online. That's not just everything that's beyond here in my room that extends. And, um, yep. from all of that, it's how can I help people and bring, bring so much more value than, than, than what I already am. Man. I love that, bro. I love that. And, and you're, so, you know, you just touched, you're much more than just a fitness athlete. Now, you know, back then you were all in, it was everything that made you. Um, who you are, but also it's not just who you are now. So you said it. you've got a nutrition store called Grunt Nutrition. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, you know, is that your first store? Are you going to open more? What was it like to open a store? How did you open a store? And how? And what type of tips could you give for anyone who wanted to get into that field, a supplementation yeah. type of chain? Well, for me, I was with Cellucor for seven years, Muscle Tech for about 12 months. And then I got to the point where going through that eight years within the sub company, um, watching how they developed, I was super nerdy on their ingredients and um, working all through that, helping a, like Cellucor launch that um, carbonated and things like that, uh, created connections like all through retailers and things like those type of things. So I ended up coming, get, having the option to open up something local, like I'm a, such a talky hermit, which is like on the beach here. Um, and we don't have a supplement store, but it wasn't really the supplement store that kind of pushed me into it. It was the point that now I've got a HQ that people are going to come in and I can educate. I can like, we I actually started this right. Like funnily enough, opened it right when COVID happened. So wow. COVID was happening. I'm like, cool, let's traveling for expos. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm super based. What am I going to do? I'm too ADD to sit still. So I was like, cool. We're opening up a sub shop, so people are going to come to me. I can run my own expos um, on a small scale within a local local community. So, pretty much doing that and offering like I'm the best for people will come in, pick up the, uh, this product. I'm like, oh, like we only really sell that for eBay. It's not the greatest, and they're like, oh, okay, you're meant to be selling my stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't really like that. I'm only using this, and I think like mm. from my background of sales and doing expos, and, and it's like. I'm a hundred percent honest. Like I, if I don't like that, some people might like it. I'm not going to tell you to buy it. And I think for me at the time, I was sponsored by Cellucor. And it's funny after seven years of being with Cellucor, owning a sub store, I've got all these different things. I had to go through and try every, cause I pretty much back when I started, it was Cellucor Optimum Nutrition. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Like, As an ambassador food. of the brands, right? You're like, this is all I'm using, which that's is true. And so that's all you could communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I got it all for free. So why would I buy anything else? Yeah, so absolutely. The only time I, I would, well, would try, I'll go around the expos and just taste test everything. But, uh, so I had to pretty much go through everything and see what I liked and do all that kind of stuff. And 
work out that way. So then I got could give real honest opinions and doing things like that. And then from there, building my own sub line um, and then designing from what I already knew worked and what I really liked and building our own sub line off the back end of that. So um, from that point, I was like, sweet. Like, I know what I want out of a whey protein. I know what I want out of a, I know what ingredients that I do. And the best thing for me is that's what I recommend to my clients. So mm. then I built my, my, my sub line from that. So we've got six products, including L-carnitine, creatine, um, two types of, we've got whey protein isolate, whey protein concentrate, and mm. beta alanine, all these ingredients that I like having raw that I can add to mm. like C, C4, add to a different type of pre, pre-workout. Uh, to really maximize the ingredients that I like. And I think if we can get the highest quality ingredients and mm. do all that, I think a lot of people have been fucked around by the supplement industry enough. Um, yeah. So that's our whole thing. If When people see our Grunt Bear and our Grunt brand, that's going to be a trusted trusted source, Australian source, um, New yeah. Zealand grass-fed whey for our protein, highest quality. We know exactly what's in it. Um, and I yeah. design it to be super low carb and to do what I want. And it's funny, like we're in Torquay and because we've only got like three ingredients in it, I pretty much designed this for comp prep people. And it is blown up that now like local coffee shops use it in their coffee because it is such a good, good mixing protein. And like, it's had this ongoing effect that you create again, like this is my whole life motto, my whole business motto. You have a good product, you have a good personality, you have whatever it is and you put your all in it and you are intentional on making it good. Everything else sorts itself out. If yeah. you put in the hard work when you're competing, don't worry about anyone else. Put in the hard yeah. work. Don't cheat. It will sort yeah. itself out. Yeah. You build a good business, have all this kind of thing, the money will sort itself out. Um, yeah. And that's just been, for me, over and over, just a constant like whack in the face. If we, I didn't know that lesson by now through life, um, yeah. it's just consistently keep coming up. So that's pretty much where I got in the sub store. And now we're just looking at expanding. I think we've got another shop opening... Uh, locally, mostly we do online. So um, yep. for us, it's just mostly pushing out online using my social media platforms, provide again, education. Uh, that's at, like grunt nutrition. And that pretty much yep. like moves as much as we want. So, like we can keep, keep scaling from that, teach from that, have a HQ from things like that. And then I think eventually is again, utilizing community, building up, um, trying to, oversource now people coming in with the randomest questions and that and trying to put them on that right path that they can come in get a lot of all this random stuff that they don't need and just like i i lead with value so if i'm i'm not going to be selling things that people don't need like even me i don't take a hell of a lot of subs um i just kind of take what i need and that's pretty much what we stock and and no i love I love that, bro. So I love that you're doing raw ingredients, first off. It's not proprietary blends, which, you know, obviously is a bit of a a Debbie Downer in the industry where you don't actually know what you're getting. You don't know the quality of the ingredients and the amount, whether the dosing is correct to elicit this type of result. I love that you're doing raw. And for a lot of people, you know, when you break down what is citrulline melee, what is L-carnitine, and what are these supplements, um, they're tools, right? They're tools to assist you. They're tools to fill a gap for consistency, for, um, to, to, to help you within your day still facilitate the result you want to produce, but with some help, right? So like, you know, it's 
um, convenience. Eh? And, you know, when we look at yeah. convenience, that's why people choose takeaways. That's why people go, you know, for the easy Uber Eats type of route, it's convenience. Convenience is what kills your gains. But when you set yourself up with convenient choices that are going to help you, like the dedicated uh, supplements that you do sell here at Grunt Nutrition, um, it's going to give you a positive effect as opposed to a negative effect to your, you know, um, your overall health, but also your body composition. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, I, my biggest thing in the sub store is selling is like supplements are supplements. Like th it's in the name. That's they are it. supplements for actual proper nutrition. Yes. In saying that, why you need protein is try and get that amount of protein with low carbs for a chicken. You got to eat a lot yes. of chicken, <laughs> and I'm not yep. the biggest eater, so um, yeah, it's just definitely chicken nuggets. To, yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's where everyone else goes wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely, bro. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. You know, I want to respect your time. We've been here for over yeah. just over an hour now, but you know, if you could give some tips to anybody in terms of. Um, if they're just starting off at the gym, they want to lose some weight, they want to drop some calories, um, what would you recommend some tips for them? So number one thing, I think like if you're just that average lifestyle person and kind of finding the mundane type of thing, again, it's sizing, it's just getting started. I think for the number one pe person, get into the gym. Train five, five times a week, try and get in, make the times work. If you can't, it's just building consistency. Consistency is always key. So if you can build up those habits that you're going to consistently get that five, you'll go from nothing to five times a week, you're going to adapt. Um, if you're already training in the gym, 90% of people in the gym, we've been around here for that long, we've been in the industry, you and I for that long, 90% of people don't yep. train hard enough. So, yep. so intensity. And they're like, intensity. I, they always grab the 20s. They're not going to move from the 20s. So I kind of go off Greg Plitt's motto, sacrifice today for tomorrow's embedment. So that pretty much means whatever I do today, and this shows with more comp preps, with everything I do, is go harder. Yeah. Like, yeah. your body's going to chronically adapt. Uh, people are worried, and people all the time talk to me about overtraining. Freaking not enough people <laughs> Man, get to the a, point of training. That's people a, you know, I've heard that before, Ryan. Training. That's a hard state to reach. That's a really hard, I don't think people actually <laughs> understand what it takes to overtrain. You know, I've, no. we've, I, I know for your fact that me and you have pushed it to the highest levels. And I don't even think sometimes then yeah. we overtrain. And, and it's, no. it, it's, it's, yeah, it's actually really hard to do, fam. It's actually really hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it's at the highest level for you to do that. But yeah, continue, bro. Consistency, intensity. Um, and then it's looking at what you can do long-term. I think in the end, the more that I push in and the more I'm talking to clients and people and things like that is it is about consistency. You can go hard for four weeks, have six months off. You can go hard for, um, all this time, have this time off the people that are going to win long-term. And for me, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've seen in the fitness industry, in the business game, in everything, people come and go. And it is what you do on those days that you do feel like shit. When all those barriers are up against the wall, it's a pillar effect. If you haven't got all the pillars right, your house is going to crumble. So yeah. um, that is the main thing, I think. If you've got to set up, set yourself something up and build with those other two, consistency and intensity and continuing that to go up. Um, but then having sustainability and having it long-term, uh, there pretty much is going to be your keys to success. Oh, thank you, bro. And again, on the other side of that, obviously, we're looking at training and we're looking at, you know, nutrition and food as fuel. What would be some tips and tricks you could offer in nutrition? Um, some, some hacks that people could use um, to, to, to complement 
um, you know, them going to the gym for the first time or getting back yeah. into it. So nutrition is definitely key. Like I kind of said earlier is calorie deficit is not always the answer. Yes, it is technically the answer in the long term, but taking that on a lifestyle style thing is not going to be helpful. So it's eating enough for if your training intensity is super high, we've got to fill that car full of fuel. So you've got to have performance foods, eat as basic as you can. So try not to get, again, you mentioned proprietary blends and things like that. Same with your food. Try and keep it as basic as you can, caveman foods. I like to kind of call my eating a thing paleo without the gayness. So without the rules and all of the rest of the other thing. So eating very naturally, like uh, it blows my mind how people can push a lot of this stuff saying like, how can you eat like this and how can you do this? Mate, we've been eating for billions and billions of years of all of the history the humans have been on this earth. We've been eating one exact way. And in the last like 20 years, we've changed it. And mm. we wonder why obesity epidemic is completely out of control. Um, so again, even balance of balance of carbohydrates, fats and proteins um, to simplify that again is pretty much eat like our ancestors eat. I'm a very big fan of epigenetic eating. So I have clients from India is going to have a very different meal plan to my Korean clients versus my, um, Australian clients and Western type of people. So it's like the difference in that, if you can eat very balanced is how your ancestors eating. I guarantee you, if you can keep your calories up, you're definitely going to have that top five hacks, cut your alcohol. Okay. You're already there. You're probably going to lose a lot of weight there. Cut any excess sugars. Don't drink your calories. Um, limit your carbohydrate to a certain extent. Um, in, I kind of stick to pretty natural carbohydrates. So I pretty much stick to my sweet potatoes. Um, I'm not a big rice fan. It's pretty White potato all day, baby. Seriously. Yeah, I'm i got to get my mashy, bro. I love air fried potato chips any day of the week. Mm. Um, I froth that. I am eating a hell of a lot of oats. Mm. And that's pretty much <laughs> what, I, what I eat. The pro's hat. The pro's yeah. hat. That's definitely the go-to. You know, mm. For about... Five years, I had never added my um, protein powder into my oats. What? And then it was, Bro. yeah. Uh, and then I did it once. Like, Game I was changer. dating a girl at the time that did it. And I was like, why am I eating these bland free? And, I, and the funny thing was, <laughs> I'd eat my oats bland and drink a protein shake. But then again, Bro, like, I, when I started, protein didn't taste good. <laughs> like, it tastes like everything tastes like what I, papers. What, what I used to do, and I didn't know, and I, I started off like you as well. I didn't know you could add protein to the oats, right? And I used to, like, cake cinnamon on my – obviously, yeah. it's an insulin, you know, it, it, you know, it helps with insulin, etc. But, like, you know, when you're looking at the, the cinnamon, I used to eat so much cinnamon, you'd cough just on my oats, yeah. be like a straight-up skin on the top. And then I'd drink my protein shake separately, and then it was a game-changer, man. The flavor – and you start to actually really enjoy the food then it's that much better when it's oh, healthy and you start to really enjoy it, then it's that much easier. So, man, nah, yeah. you've touched on some really cool points, bro, in terms of nutrition, training. You've touched on mindset. You've talked about what it takes to be successful, the type of sacrifice. I really, really appreciate your time, man, for taking out of your day to come and talk to our communities, but also talk about you as a person. Now, we've got a little bit of a, a special gift or a little thing that we can offer our community right now for um, your supplement store, Grant. What, what, what can we get from Grant if we were to buy things from Grant? What type of supplements? And is there a little yeah, bit of a sneaky sure. discount there? Yeah, of course. So we've set up discount at 15%. So uh, pretty much Grant, we ship everything express post. You'll get it within the day. Um, 
if we're open. Other than public is it international? But is it an international, bro? We got some New Zealand followers here. Okay, yeah, cool. Sadly, it's Australia only for now. Um, mm. Mate, the postage is nuts as soon as you go international. Like, I'm waiting on some Alphalete stuff from like months ago. Um, but mm. yeah, so international is a whole different ball game. But yeah, we are Australia wide, express postage. You get it super fast. That's our whole big thing. Good quality, super fast. Sucks because all you. Everyone leaves their, like, scoops to the last minute they order. So, um, pretty much what we've got is 15% off all, all you, for all your listeners. Um, if you use the code on Grunt Nutrition,